dramatic reading. Love it. But it must be freed from Austria and all imperial shit. I repeat, imperial shit. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this infertile machine that is Thunderdome Metal Reviews. As always, I am one of the four pistons that powers this engine, the Dr. David Pizzo, coming to you live from Mary, Kentucky, or not live, as the case may be. With me, as always, are my brothers in arms, Gabe, Tracy, and Ben. Uh, let's start with uh, Ben, the survivor. Lindsay, how are you doing, man? Uh, better than the people on this album cover, that is for sure. That's for damn sure. How about you, Gabe? Meeting death in a trench, currently. <laughs> From the ghetto to the trench, as one of these songs says. Precisely. Yes, indeed. From the cleave to the psalm. So, how are you, Tracy? I'm good. I couldn't escape the massacre from work and brought it home with me with 1914. It's a lot, y'all. This band is really committed to the shtick. So we're doing 1914's Where Fear and Weapons Meet. And Ben's going to give us some stats. I am going to give us some I'm stats. I'm going to read them. Not that I'm really good at Ukrainian, but there's a bunch of fake German here, so we're going to go with it. So this is Where Fear and Weapons Meet, released on October 22nd, 2021. This is their third studio album. Uh, all of which are about World War One all the time. It's on Napalm Records, runtime of 63.27, a little long for Ben, maybe, we'll see. Uh, we have 5th Division, Ulanen Regiment Nummer 3, uh, Sargantin Vitalis Winkelhock on guitars, these guys. The 9th Division, Grenadier Regiment Nummer 7, Unteroffizierer Armin von Heinesen on Bass or Bass. Um, 37. Division Feldartillerie Regiment Nummer 73. Wachtmeister Liam Fessen on Guitars. I repeat these guys. Uh, die zweite Division Infanterie Regiment Nummer 147. Oberleutnant Dietmar Kummerberg on Vocals. And die 33. Division. Siebenter uh, Thüringenisches Infanterie-Regiment Nummer 36, Gefreiter Rusty Potoplacht on drums, additional musicians, random as hell, Nick Holmes on vocals, featuring this guy. Um, they're Ukrainian, though. That's what I love. All this weird German shit. Yeah. Canadian. Like, I love what, I mean, their English is way better than, like, Ukrainian, so... Um. Uh, definitely the same here. And this was Tracy, your pick for October. Um, you want to go into why it was it? David's pick for October. Oh, this was David's? I got that. You think David's going to pick the next album? Please. Maybe. I, pick... who... I forgot what the next album was briefly. Yeah, there was a moment of joy in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not talking about that album. We're talking about this album. I picked it because World War One is just the bloody feces gift that keeps on giving. And these guys have committed so hard. I just taught all this shit in Honors World History and at the grad seminar, so I'm in the zone here. So when I saw they had a new album, I'm like, well, let's get this done. You know, just let's do this. Rack Back in the trench. Yeah, rack your weapons. Mosey Nagant fucking rifle that he uses. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. My LaBelle with only three rounds. <laughs> like, I'm so yeah. deep on here. I'm like, yeah. These guys did their research. I can't accuse them of not doing their research. <laughs> well, it doesn't seem like you know, because you kind of challenged them when we lasted it, of them going and looking at their own country's history and origins and dealing with this war and trying to dig into their own past with it. And it seems to they're kind of like, nah, we're not going to do that. 
there's not much of that on here. If anything, they pivoted even more to the Western Front, but they know yeah. their audience internationally. I mean, they know who they're talking to. Yeah. And they seem to like all of the war. So, and everything in Galicia is so fucking horrible. There's a little of that on here when they talk about the Belgian Expeditionary Corps, but. And I'm sorry if I mouth off a lot about this, but uh, I've spent a lot of time thinking about World War One as a person. So I feel like this album was aimed at me as a demographic. Like if they had a picture of their marketing research, it's just my face. Like this, this is the guy. Maybe Ben also. Like yeah. these two guys. These hey guys, guys are gonna like this. They're ambassadors of death metal. They do they did their research. research. They did, they did their, research. their research. I feel like I'm only an adjunct to the ambassador of death metal, but that's that's fair. <laughs> I mean, between that and my, you know, worker runs the one I do, probably most of all, I'm the see most of all scarecrow. Anyway, this uh, this album's in that zone, and they did not disappoint, and they hate you. They do <laughs> so hard. I love how like this is the album about survivors. I'm like, I guess. Well, like, only it's, only, it's only that was yeah. Only kind of. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. Their lead single is literally a fucking postmortem letter sent to a dude's mom, and you're like. And yeah, I don't, survivors that's, that's yeah i don't really think so i know it says that and then that oh my god that outro with that passive song i guess from the early 20s uh-huh. yeah oh yeah the 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 elements of real sound i mean the archaeology of sound they did in terms of you know either whether it's samples or songs from the period or that goddamn tinnitus sample yeah in the I track mean, about the mining oh I think that uh, when we discussed Blind Leading the Blind, their last album, we we wondered whether they were actually playing like old wax cylinders or if this was something that they created. And I still don't know the answer to that, but I feel that they are actually are digging up like old sound and playing it. I think they do. I think this is real. And to great fucking effect. I mean... I was gonna say these dudes are nothing if not authentic about what they're doing. They're literally living the gimmick. Oh, dude, yeah, they wear fucking period uniforms that they either bought or, or helped excavate. Because I know they have gone on digs on archaeological sites, or at least the lead singer and primary songwriter have on fucking stage as their stage outfits. So, yeah, perhaps an unhealthy obsession, but goddamn, is it good music? It's so good. It is. And I feel like in this, they actually have, you know, some financial backing because with Blind Leading the Blind, that was an independent record. Mm-hmm. And this is the first initially. major. Yeah, initially they had released it and then they re-released it a year later underneath her blast. But this album is their first like in the production studio with money behind them behind on it. And boy, do they bring out the fucking kitchen sink and everything for it. Because not only that, they have the string orchestra coming in behind it and the orchestra elements. They've got, they're like, hey, you know, we didn't do it in the last time enough of black metal. We're going to pull some of that elements in here as well. And that they, hell, they've got the folky sound in their uh, song Coward that kind of splits mm. the album. It's like, all right, we beat you over the head enough with this. We're going to let you breathe for a second and realize how horrible this place actually is and then bring you back into it. Yeah, they use the classical stuff they use it here. They use it sparingly and they use it to deadly effect because you can overdo it. I mean, when it yeah. starts showing up in every song, you can sort of sound either forced or cheesy, but here it just creates this sort of epic feeling of vast spaces full of carnage that I I think this album's even better than the last one. I don't even remember what I gave, grade I gave it. That was the first time I ever did with you all, I think. Isn't that true? 
Yeah, that was the first it one. Is. You were in Germany at the time when we oh, did Oh, you know it, dude. I was there for all that armistice yeah. shit. Well, here, no, here's the crazy thing. Me and Ben both gave the album A+, because I remember it now, and you gave it an A, because you're like, I just can't give a 100 on the album. I just can't do it. Like, you you had trouble with the grade yourself, trying to think of ways of doing it. Yeah. And I'm trying to find it. Uh, 1914. Yeah, Me and Ben both gave it a 98. You gave it a 95. That's so right. like it has large shoes to fill, which I think it eminently fills. I think this one's even a little better. I'd have to go back and listen side to side, but I have mm. to say I was I did really enjoy the last one, and um, also to Tracy's point about the um, orchestra sounds and stuff, I see what they were going for with the symphonic brass, but I did think they kind of used it too much, um, and also. Um, and not to get too heavy into tracks here, but one of them sounds like much too triumphant for my taste. Like, there is a track that sounds a lot like it should be on a Sabaton album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's not necessarily that it doesn't align with with them, but it doesn't. I think that it just betrays the theme a bit. Like, even though yes, you know, people going to war are trying to be, you know, excited about it, and you know, it's you know the the greater good and the cause and whatever. Um, but the rest of the music is just so punishing that I'm just like, eh, I'm not really sure if that fits so well. But I, I understand what they were trying to do. I think they slowed it down a little bit on this album. Mm-hmm. And that I feel the other one was just, and, I'd have, and I might be misremembering this because I didn't listen to it because there was something else that we had to listen to that took 14 eons to do. <laughs> um, but there was, uh, I, I feel that although this moves a little bit slower it is definitely crushingly brutally heavy and no doubt about that i felt the last time was slightly heavier and also slightly faster in that i felt there was more of a difference from song to song in tempo than i necessarily felt like there was on this album uh, i have to admit i'm comparing apples to oranges because back then one i was traveling and two i didn't have the methodical insanity of listening to things 10 times so sure, totally I, I'm a much more well-honed member of this group, but mm, that was hard. So yeah, Gabe, I recorded from Regensburg in 18 in the middle of alarm. It's just shit, which was, uh, it was a lot. I went to like mass where they like read out letters from Seoul. It was like a 1914 album, but in a cathedral. So uh, a lot of pathos here or that display in Munich with, thousand like it was like hundreds and hundreds of umbrella sized poppies made of ceramic all throughout Koenig's plots and a giant box in the middle with soldiers' voices talking to me about how they've been fucking killed. So yikes. Yeah, dude. This war is heavy and I think ruined everything for a hundred years. Yeah. So and they are communicating that heft to you through sound. Um, I think this the counterpoint to Ben. I think this album kind of differentiates speed more than the other one did. Like okay. I think there's I think there's more changes in the terms of just sheer tempo in this one than there was that last one. Well, and certainly with the folk song. That I think part of it is also the accompaniment with the orchestra elements added a bit of depth that allows them to slow down while also adding the feel of oh, I, I don't know what's, what's the 
ominous. Is that a correct way of saying it? Like, like a feeling of like dark and twisted. Like you know something sounds wrong. Like you feel it's going to be heady. I think it adds to it. I think you're going to say ominousness. Ominous. Yes. There we go. I'm not good with words. I have a Kentucky education. <laughs> and I gave you part of it. So. <laughs> you gave me. I would be. I was a lot worse before here. Kick ass. And this actually I'm having me thinking back. You know, it was nine years ago that me, Ben, and David all met in the same classroom. David as the teacher, me and Ben as the students. Indeed. Good times. Crazy. It's almost it was the best day. of times. It was the worst, the worst, of, worst time. of times. Everyone oh, those are, I think we'd all take 2012 again compared to what we're living in now. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no shit, dude. Though I'd also check what we're living through now over, you know, 1921. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, for real. For real. Um, I, I, my pushback on that is I think that you might be slightly right in that there is a more variance on the album as a whole, but I don't think anything gets as fast as some of the tracks on the initial album as well. And I could oh, be misremembering that. I'll agree but, with you there. I think it, it doesn't quite hit that breakneck tempo as the previous one does. Yeah. But I think that's appropriate. I think this war was medium high fast grind forever like it just yeah. it couldn't quite get into that high gear not mm-hmm. to you know teach backwards from the second shitty war that somehow was worse than this one yeah when they changed the name to 1944 vision. yeah we'll talk about <laughs> exactly it's, a, it's their sister band which just talks about genocide all day but anyway yeah. um you know, and as we've talked about, this war ravaged Ukraine. Jesus. Like, you know, a lot of the war wasn't in it, but then, well, part of the problem is what do you define as Ukraine? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the carnage afterwards with the Civil War and the Revolution, which comes up here, like, and then the Bolsheviks, like, hmm, wonder when you're going to talk about this more. I'm sort of waiting for them to really get into that, but... Yeah, I, I do like the fact that they are not doing a strictly uh, chronological march through the war in their, their songs and are kind of bouncing all over the place. And, you know, I, I joke about them changing their name and going to the other war, which they may do or they may form another band or whatever. But, man, they could release another fucking 15 albums of this, you know, if they wanted to. And I I don't know if I want 15 more, but I'm definitely here for more of this. I, I uh-huh. quite enjoyed this as both a fan of heavy metal and a historian. So, yeah, I bet, we, you, I bet you they do more of this. Yeah, let's do tracks. Mm, y'all. <laughs> this, here's a quick question. Does anybody have anything other, other than all of them? I have a lot to say just because I yeah. know about all the events they're describing. But yeah, I know. Like, uh, as, as tracks that they liked. I, the low point of the album for me is Don't Shed On Me, the Harlem Hellfighters. Oh really? Just I, I think it's a good song. I just the the vibe in comparison to a lot of the other stuff that they tackle, um, I found just a little bit off. I still think it's a good song, mm-hmm. but well, I was going to say because you know, each of us typically on some of these open a lot of open and closing tracks when they do something fluff, kind of have a comment towards it as well. But I think on here, they're done with devastating usefulness and with these, great use these are all concept albums that are so well thought out that i think that just adds to it it really puts you in the mood for what they're trying to do with the instrumentals yeah in my opinion anyway 
Yeah, I mean, the opening and closing, um, they did this on another record before, and I also found it, uh, you know, well done there. But it also, you know, coming coming across it again with different tunes, it still felt a little samey to me. Um, that's not to say that, um, you know, the songs aren't effective, but the gimmick was there that they had the last time. I feel like if it weren't named the same thing, <laughs> both on both records that I'd heard it, it would be a little bit different or maybe if they put them in different places. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, having it open and close with these kinds of tracks, it also gives you the illusion that, you know, you're actually entering into the war mm -hmm. when you're listening to this record. And that, I mean, nothing could be further from the truth, right? I mean, I think, you know, every, anything, you know, you do here is just a simulation of a simulation, um, if not further removed, you know? Um, so, I guess I maybe would have preferred a different placement and like calling them something different uh, because they do have a natural middle breaking point. Like we talked about coward, but um, maybe if they put them in, in different places, it would have been uh, more appealing to me. I don't know. I think they're well done as that and the war in war out because it does kind of provide that separation and, you know, kind of like the breaking points of the album and let you know when you hit it. And I think they do a good job of kind of turning you like, because I think they are legitimately like black cylinders stuff appropriated or taken from that time, not just, well, this is probably outside of like, well, we could do something with it. And I think it does such a good job in a sense of just kind of setting the mind frame for the album as well. And like the time period and the place for it. That's fair. I also love the fact that they had the cover of the Greenfields of France on here, um, much like they used the uh, war poetry on the last album. Uh, mm -hmm. Just, I think that is a good incorporation of stuff from the era into the album. I mean, they clearly did their homework. <laughs> so this second track, the first song, that's the serial number of the handgun he used, by the way. So this is about Gavrilo Princep shooting uh, uh, Franz Ferdinand and his wife in the neck and gut, but it's from his perspective. Um, what that intro was, I was talking about. Yeah, that was the serial number of one of these Browning automatics provided by the Serbian head of their like secret services without telling anyone else. Um, Vimy Rij, that's that insanity where the Canadians, like, you know, they're nearly all blown to pieces, but they managed to take the ridge. And what a view, uh, as they point out. Pillars of Fire, that song is so fucking hardcore. That's about the Messine, where they blew up Messine Ridge at the beginning of the battle. They heard that explosion in London, y'all, is how big that explosion was. Uh, and the t artificial tinnitus in the middle of the song is so fucking evil because I was like cranking that shit. I'm just like on the treadmill punch in there and then suddenly we I'm like, wait, what? What is happening? Oh, a giant explosion has happened and now I'm deaf. Um, I thought the Harlem Hellfighters track was okay. I just think it's such an interesting story that most Americans know nothing about this. Oh, I agree. I mean, this, the, the actual history Locked behind it, the story yeah. behind it, I, I adore, but I just... Again, I, and I don't know. I mean, they are much more skillful with it than some other bands that start with an S and end with an N, and our name Sabaton would have done with it. But it, it felt to me like an almost <laughs> Sabaton level, you know, thing. For sure. I think they have done something with that. I'm gonna look real quick. They uh, probably have. Who knows? So they probably have. Coward is quite good, and it's uh, 
It's for you, Tracy. It's a palate cleanser. Uh, I do call shenanigans on the officer pulling a pistol out and shooting him in the head. I don't think that was a thing. I, that's the only time I was saying, I was like, I don't think that's how that went, given, I mean, the British, you know, they charged 3,000 people, like they sentenced them to execution for cowardice to desertion and carry out 306 of those sentences, but they were like judicial processes. So everything else about it, I think is dead right. I mean, that's, I think it's actually based on a real case of somebody who just like, was a few hours too late getting back to his post. And so he got shot, but it was after a court martial. Uh, and across that marks his place, Jesus, y'all, that's a real letter from a guy who was in a machine gun corps who was killed in a battle in, I think it's in May of 1918 in Flanders. So that is just so fucking hardcore. And that video is quite good. This corps d'autopanon mitra, uh, mitrailleuses. Uh, that's the Belgian Expeditionary Corps. For it was the first time I heard it, I was like, "Is this the Czech Legion?" Because it talks about them like blasting their way across Siberia. But uh, this was a bunch of Belgians who were sent by King Albert in 1915 to go fight in Russia. Because why wouldn't you do that? Uh, I can't believe it. there were like 400 and some of them, and somehow only 16 of them died, which is a miracle. But uh, they get sucked into the middle of the Russian Revolution. So that course, that track is good. The thing between Gott für König und Vaterland. That's about Sergeant Kunza and the Germans that torque Fort Douaumont at the beginning of the Battle of Verdun. So, you know, it mentions Big Bertha. This is a fort where they'd taken most of the artillery out to move to other fronts and it was barely guarded. So Kunza and his men just like got in essentially unopposed. That's not what happened at other forts where they were fighting in complete fucking darkness with hand grenades and like axes and shit from tunnel to tunnel. So that's a, you know, as, exactly as Ben says, they're sort of jumping around. Now we're in on the Western Front in 1916. I, you know, I think the cover is good. And that instrumental, I need to look up what song that is. Shit, dude. Because uh, I think it hits exactly the mood of certainly Britain and France by like 22, 23. And part of that is exactly, as you say, Ben, was the poetry, the sort of sense, like, why did we even do this? Um, but it had to, you know, when it mentions the 10 million, I'm like, well, this is obviously was a bit after the war where they actually know the math. So... Um, ultimately, I think all these tracks are quite good. They did their homework on all of them. I only call shenanigans on one of them a tiny bit, but that's probably more World War One than you wanted. But you invited me to this party, so that's why we brought you to your party originally. Just a bunch of artillery landing, raining down upon you. Dun 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 dun. That classical part in Pillars of Fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit, y'all. Yeah, this is a whole ass vibe. This album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. We ready to lay some grades down on it or let's do it. I guess I picked it so I should grade it first. Uh I was young and innocent when I graded the last one. And now I want to circle back and listen to it. I didn't this time because partially because this Ben said the other album we listened to this week was six hours long. So um You're welcome. I mean I actually liked it, but what we're getting ahead of ourselves. So we'll We'll tear each other's eyes out in the next review. Um, I'm going to, since I give that album a 95, I'm going to give this one a little bit better to 96. It's, it's an A to me. Um, it suffers from a tiny bit of sameness, and that's just, you know, just sort of an issue of what they're doing. But again, uh, it, it easily earns a 96. I'm going to give it an A as well, just simply for the fact I can't give an album I just heard for the first time and two weeks ago. An A plus for off the gate. Same. 
um, I don't necessarily have a problem with giving an album. I just heard an A plus if it really blows me away. But this one, uh, because of the other album, I think to David's point, suffers a little bit from the sameness of it. But I still think it's an A. <laughs> Interesting. Well, you know, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. There's only one uh, song on it that I don't, you know, I didn't love right away, and um, it's still sort of growing on me. But um, yeah, I'm going to give it an A as well. Oh, snap. We are in complete alignment with this album. I'll be damned, y'all. Well, it's 1914 takes their craft very seriously. They're like the Joaquin Phoenix of World War I battle, right? They're just like starving themselves and eating shell casings over and over and over. Speaking Wait, of eating, got, go ahead. They got bag, bagpipes and banjo. It's not the like. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt dude there's so much going on to not fake tinnitus speaking of fake tinnitus tracy what are we doing next next we are looking at mastodon's release in the month of october in their new album hushed and grim i cannot wait to hear how much ben loved this album i can't either it's probably his favorite album of the year so far I think of his all time, I would guess. Maybe. Like of, of all <laughs> albums ever. I, it, it's, it's I, I will give a spoiler. It probably it does contain a song that I think is the best song that I've heard this year. Oh, snap. Interesting. Well, it's, it's, stay tuned, y'all. This sounds like it's going to be a tense episode of Thunderdome Metal Reviews. <laughs> <laughs> 